0: Praise God. Well, next week is Vision Sunday, which I'm really excited about. And I was like, oh, there's so much to communicate. So we're actually going to start this week, if that's okay. I'm like, oh, I feel like the Lord's given us a very specific word um, over our house for this year, which I'd like to release next week. Um, And I just don't want it to get bogged down with other stuff. So that." Next week is for that, right? But this week I want to remind us what we're on about here, what we're doing. And so we're going to open to Acts 2. If you've got your Bible, you get bonus points for having a paper Bible. (laughs) And if you're taking notes, you get bonus points. Because that means you're going to go home and think about it, hopefully. Praise God. All right, so we're in Acts 2, verse, we'll start at verse 37. For a bit of context, the disciples have been praying in one accord in the upper room. The Holy Spirit falls. Um, They get filled with the Spirit, they're praying in the Spirit, they spill out on the streets. They're speaking in other tongues people recognize their own languages peter preaches a cracker of a sermon the first one ever um and the people realize that they've crucified the son of god they they get hit with the gospel and they realize that they've crucified the son of god so in verse 37 now when they heard this they were cut to the heart everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Oh, that's good, isn't it? That's a good promise. That means, that means like the Lord's will is that everyone would be saved. He's calling to everyone. The ones who are chosen are the ones who respond to the call. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptised, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. As we start to read this scripture, and we'll continue on in a little bit, we see a little bit of a blueprint for a healthy church, for what it should look like. Um, And I just want to remind us, if you've been here before, you've probably heard me say all these things. But it's good to remind us. It's good to remember what are we doing here? What are we giving ourselves to? Um, because we forget. We get busy. We get inundated with other things in life. And, and all too often we can just feel ourselves getting into the, like, religion of coming to church and doing the churchy things. And we just forget. There's, there's power. There's power in what we do. Amen? All right, so it starts, what does a healthy church look like? It starts with repentance. Repentance, yep, we've got some pictures today. Repentance, changing your mind. I was going this way and living for myself, but I'm going to do a 180 and now I'm going to go and I'm going to live for King Jesus, right? Repentance, it's changing your mind and it's actions following what you're saying. It's not just... I'm gonna say that I'm following Jesus and then I'm gonna keep living like I was before, right? Repentance, it starts there. And be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Baptism, healthy church, there's baptisms going on, right? Baptism reckons ourselves dead to what? Sin and alive to God. It is, Galatians 2.20 says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, right? Baptism is like, you die, you die, you kill off that old man, and you leave him dead on the bottom of the pool, and you rise up in the resurrection power of Jesus, Amen? amen? Baptism, it happens in a healthy church, right? Um. For, uh, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will, not maybe, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Healthy church has the Holy Spirit moving, not just in the pastor. Or, or the people that the minister from the front, in every single individual, the Holy Spirit—a relationship burning on the inside, rivers of living water, right—in every single one of you. That's exciting to me. All right. That day, there were three thousand souls added to the kingdom, and then listen to this, verse forty-two. And they devoted themselves to stuff. (laughs) We're not going to go into the stuff yet. I feel like right now, the Lord's calling for devotion from his people. There's a big highlighter on that word because I feel like the Lord's screaming it to his people. Devotion. What does he want from you? He wants your devotion. He wants your heart. He wants all of you, not because you have to, but because it's a... Devotion is a response to what Jesus has done for you already. It's a love response. Amen? Devotion, what does it mean? The Greek word in the strongs. I feel like sometimes we say that we're devoted, we think that we are. But our actions speak otherwise. And I can only say that because I've had the Lord be like, you say you're devoted. But he's put, he's put his finger on some things in my life. I would encourage you to go home and say, God, what does it look like for me to be devoted to you this year? Because first and foremost, we're devoted to Jesus He's the head of the church. What does devotion look like for you? I I can't answer that question for you. I can answer it for myself. But that's something that you and the Lord work out together. Because it's your love response to the Lord. Amen? But in the Greek, devoted means continue steadfastly. Attend continually. Give oneself to continually wait on continually to be devoted or constant to one to be steadfastly attentive unto to give unrelenting care to a thing is this how we treat the lord do we give unrelenting care to him do we are we steadfastly attentive to will we wait on him How long will you wait for him to come into the room before you just are like, well, I can't feel you, you're not here, so I'm just going to move on. I'm feeling uncomfortable because I have to wait. Are we willing to wait, to persevere and not to faint, to show oneself courageous for, to be constant to be in constant readiness for one to wait on consistently are we those people go home and talk to the lord about that and they devoted themselves to what to the apostles teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Let's go apostles' teaching. Yes. They devoted themselves to this. We... If you're like, what was the apostles teaching? They wrote about it. They wrote it down for us. They devoted themselves to this. Christ in him crucified. Paul was like, when I was among you and I was preaching, I aimed to to preach nothing but Christ in him crucified. In our church groups, this this is what we unpack, this message. Christ in him crucified. Because it will change your life. If you devote yourself to that message, it will change your life. You will end up knowing God. We've seen it over and over again. Give me a wave if it changes, changed your life. Unpacking Christ and Him crucified, right? As you unpack what that means for you, game changer. You know, it's so much more than Jesus dying on a cross. There's so many more implications. It's like you are free from yourself. You're free from sin. You've been, your sinful nature has been removed. You've been given a brand new nature, a brand new heart. It's all about knowing him. It changes everything. It wipes religion off the map when you know him. Then none of this... None of this then is a chore, it's devotion to the Lord because it's a response, it's a heart response to my intimate walk with him because when I go home, I go into the room and I close the door and I wait on the Father and I see him and he tells me things and I worship him in secret. So the rest of my life, it's it's a joy to pour it out to him. I'm not coming here because I have to. I'm coming here because I can't wait to gather with the saints and worship my Father. It's the favorite time of week. The Apostles' teaching. It's what we unpack in our church groups quite systematically so that we get it, so that we see transformation in people's lives. Um, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to one another, to being in each other's lives, to walking together. It's so much more than how was your week. (laughs) It's where there's an open heartedness. There's a here's my life. Let's do it together. Where there's love, back and forth. They will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. I started that way too high. (laughs) How will they know? By this they will know that you are my disciples by the love that you have one for another. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They weren't in islands. They weren't running alone. They were in each other's lives, right? To the breaking of bread. Communion. Yes, they were eating together, but man, they were also, they were, it probably didn't look like this. (laughs) I'll be honest, it didn't look like this. Man, they would have the bread and they would break it and remember the sacrifice of Jesus. Something happens when you do this often with with people that you're journeying with and by yourself as well. There's a reason they devoted themselves to communion. It's a reset. It's a... We have to remember what it cost him to get sin off us. We have to remember. Because it was brutal. And we so easily forget. We so easily get familiar. They devoted themselves to this. And what else? Prayer. The Apostles' Doctrine, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and prayer. It's not something we just do when we're in trouble. Man, every time they gathered, they were what united in prayer. Man, they'd just been walking with Jesus. They were talking to him whenever they could get a chance. They were like, guys... (laughs) Like, he might not be here, but we can talk to him because we have the Holy Spirit. And he talks back. And it's not, just, it's not just this coming with a list of things. Man, this is communion with the Lord. It's a two-way street. It's where we pray and we hear from him and we receive instruction. It's where we get our daily bread every day, prayer, right? Right? This is what they devoted themselves to. Funnily enough, this is what our church groups devote ourselves to, to to the Apostles' Doctrine, to fellowship, to communion, to breaking bread and to prayer. That's why we have church groups. And we've just seen it over and over and over again when people be like, I'm going to devote myself, I'm going to plug into a church group And give myself to these things when we're together and also at home by myself in my bedroom. We've just seen the Lord transform lives over and over again. It's not because of what we're doing. It's not anything fancy. It's the gospel at work in people's hearts and lives. It's the power of God. It's intimacy with God transforming people from the inside out, right? Ah, Praise God. That's why we have church groups, guys. Changes people's lives. Right. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Verse 30, uh, 43 And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Something else the Lord is doing in this season we will see an increase. of of people having awareness of the awe of God, the fear of the Lord, I feel like God's returning it to the church because we can get so familiar, so familiar with God, but he, like, yes, we can be intimate with God. Yes, that's amazing, but he is God. He spoke the universe into being. He breathed into dust and a man appeared. He is God. And something that he's doing this season is is bringing back a holy fear of the Lord to the people of God. And as we devote ourselves to these things, it will return naturally to you. You will walk in the fear of the Lord. It'll be healthy. It's not where you're afraid of him. It's where you're afraid to be apart from him. It's where you're afraid to do anything that he's not saying. It's where you're living in Jesus. What are you saying? I'm going to do that. Because Jesus lived like that. He only did what the Father was doing. He only said what the Father was saying. Imagine a company of people that walked in the fear of the Lord and that's how they live their lives. He's returning it to the church. And all, so I think it's a very important, sorry, this is a bit everywhere, isn't it? It's a very important ingredient to a healthy church, is what I want to say. The fear of the Lord. He is not our homeboy. <laughs> Yes, we can have friendship with God, but He is holy. He is a holy, awesome God. And I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface of being in His wonderful presence. Man, sometimes we get a taste. And and when you do, it's like you're on your face. You can't stand up because He's so holy, He's so beautiful, He's so majestic. Thank you, Lord. Do it here. And all came upon every soul, and many signs and wonders were being done through the apostles. Ingredient of a healthy church signs and wonders. The power of God. Yay. Come on. The power of God. God's not dead. He's alive. There's a song from way back. Where is it? Like, God's not dead. He is alive. What is that song? Where has that come from? Right? God's not dead. God's real. And he's put the spirit of the living God, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you and me. And if we would just walk by faith, we can do greater works than Jesus did. That's what the word says, not what I say. Amen? Signs and wonders, healthy church. Many signs and wonders were being done through the apostles. We also see there's, there's healthy, there's leadership. Ingredient of a healthy church is leadership. God's kingdom is a kingdom. There's a king. The head of the church is Jesus. Amen? But he has structure and order to his kingdom. And he anoints people for certain things. Healthy church has a healthy leadership, right? And it's not about lording over you. It's about getting under you and equipping you to do the work of ministry, right? It's the role of a leader is, man, how low can I go so that you guys can be all that you, all that God has called you to be? How can I pull that out of you? How can I equip you to see your workplace saved, to see your family saved, to see the Spirit of God just invade your whole world, right? Ah. Healthy Church has leadership. Verse 44, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. We see as a, as a uh, response to what the Lord is doing, Generosity. A heart of generosity. It's not because it's not because there's a law that says that you have to give this and you have to do this. It's bubbling up out of them. It's a response of everything that God's doing inside of them. An ingredient for a healthy church is generosity. And I'm not just talking about finances, it's like time, energy, effort, because our lives become this. This river of living water that gives to others, like we're alive for Jesus. We're alive to serve him and do what he's t- telling us to do. And so we pour our lives out. Amen? And they were selling their possession, blah, 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 blah. verse 46. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes... They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favour with all the people. Man, I need to underline this in my Bible, but I nearly fell off my chair. Years and years ago, I would have said, no need for a gathering. We can have church groups in homes. We don't don't need gathering. What do we gather for? We're going to change the world. There's enough. This, this is me, young and naive. This, we're going to change the world. We're going to have mini churches everywhere, and it's going to be amazing, and we're going to see people saved, and rah, Darwin will be saved. Yes. Do I believe Darwin can be saved? Yes. Amen. Listen to this. Man, and day by day, attending the temple, they were, they were going Day by day, they were going every day to the temple to meet corporately. They would look at us now and they'd be like, what's wrong with you, mob? What's wrong with you? You meet once a week? What's going on? You're more lukewarm or what? Come on. I wonder what they'd say day by day. There's power when we gather. There's power when the saints come together. The body of Christ is, it's the restraining force of evil on the earth. You remove the church. Man, you think it's dark right now? Remove the church. Just watch what will happen then. Man. When we gather and worship him, I wish you could have eyes to see what happens in the spiritual atmosphere, what happens over the city, the things that shift in people's hearts and lives. When we gather to serve one another in love, right? When we gather, we see a more fuller expression of God because we all carry different gifts and callings. And when we come together, we're meant to come together and they're all meant to come together and we're meant to see a greater expression of God on the earth. Because you don't have all the answers and either do I. We're called to be a body. We're called to work together. And a and uh, church that is functioning properly, the body works together and edifies itself in love. That's when every part is doing its job when every joint is supplying. That's Ephesians 4. We're not going there today. I could spend a month on that one. (laughs) Series coming up. (laughs) Man. Gathering together, so powerful. Church groups, powerful. Different expressions for different purposes. We're... We need to get this. Amen? Church groups are for discipleship and family. Corporate gathering for unity, for worship, right? For direction, for the whole body, right? Keeping us all together, all going in the same direction towards who? Jesus so we can all fly together, so we don't have weird ideas and tangents coming off. No, we come back together. Both of these things, inhale. It's where you inhale. As Christians, we need to have healthy inhale and exhale. When you're in your bedroom with the Lord, inhale. I'm getting filled with the Lord. When I come to church, it should be an exhale for you, unless you're like pouring out, ministering right? Breathe in the presence of God. Breathe in the Word of God. Breathe in the encouragement. Breathe in the love, right? When you're in a church group, man, you be, you're encouraged. You're edified. You're giving yourself to, to the Apostles' Doctrine, to fellowship, to break in bread and prayers, right? It's like a big breathe in. If all you do is breathe in, what will happen? You'll pass out. You got to exhale. So there needs to be this healthy inhale, healthy exhale. You keep breathing in, you keep going to all the gatherings and whatever and not pouring out, not not doing what the Lord's called you to do, you'll get fat. You'll get spiritually fat. But the more you pour yourself out, the Lord just keeps pouring in. It's good. It's very good. Anyway, and day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they receive their food with glad and generous hearts. 47, praising God and having favour with all the people. Is worship next? Is that what is next? Praise God. Man, worship. We are a people of worship. Ingredient of a healthy church is worship. Worship is more than just some songs on a Sunday. Worship is your life. If if the only time you worship God is here, Man, you go into your room and you ask God how you can worship him a little bit more. Because he deserves 100% of your life. Everything you do is worship unto him. You should be, you know, Bron rocked up and she's got worship music, music like blaring in a car. I'm like, praise God for people that worship the Lord in their cars. Praise God for people that worship in the secret place at home. What happens when we've got people that are doing that every single day and then they gather? Bonfire. Healthy church, worship. Because it's all about Him. We've got to remember that. It's all about Him. It's why we're not just going to sing a couple of songs and get on with it. Man if he wants us to worship him for an hour, then we're going to go for an hour. If he wants us to have a whole worship service and not have a plan but him, that's what we do. That's why we have encounter Sundays. Because we just want to worship Jesus. We want it to be all about him. We want to give him the room that he needs to that he needs to do what he wants to do. Amen. Praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those being saved. They didn't have fancy evangelism programs. They were devoting themselves to the Apostles' Doctrine, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, to prayer. They were living in the fear of the Lord... They were living generously. They were loving one another. They were keeping the main thing, the main thing. And the Lord just added to their number. This is what a healthy church looks like. Do we have another one, Wayne? Oh, no. Yes. Salvation, discipleship, healthy church. Man, Jesus is the king. A sign of a healthy church is when people can make disciples. It's not just my job to make disciples. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. That's for you and for me. Healthy disciples make disciples. And when your disciple is making a disciple, then you know you've done a good job. Then you're like, yes, I made a disciple. The kingdom of God is like yeast. It multiplies. A healthy church multiplies. If you're a healthy Christian, you'll multiply. Amen? So, healthy church, here's all the things. Take a photo. Put it on your fridge. Cheer yourself up about it. Remind yourself, man, this is what we're going after. We don't want to muck around and, I don't know, just do religious activity. Everything that we do is, is geared towards these things, being devoted to these things. I want to see a move of the Holy Spirit in Darwin. I don't know about you... I don't want to be sitting here in 10 years, same group of people. (laughs) No, I want you to be here, I just want you to have 10 other people that you've discipled along the way. Man, we won't fit here in 10 years time. We're going to have to be somewhere so much bigger, If every person would make two and a half disciples, I think it is, two and a half disciples, let's just say two, two disciples, right? And then those two disciples went on to make disciples, the whole world would be saved in a very short amount of time. I've lost the figure. Three years, four years, something crazy, very short amount of time. Darwin only has 120,000 people. What could happen if we just got serious about this? If we devoted ourselves to these things, what could happen? If you got, got serious and devoted yourself to the Lord in your quiet time, in your time alone, what could happen? What could happen if you got serious about praying that prayer that we talked about last week, Ephesians 3, being filled with all the fullness of God. What could happen in this city, in your family, in your workplace, for those hopeless situations? What could happen? You know, God's real, and we expect him to move, because he wants to. Praise God. Let's pray, hey? Thank you, Father. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is a blueprint for us. And God, we want to go after these things. We want to be a devoted people. I pray that you'd, you'd speak to us all about that this week that we'd be devoted first and foremost to you, Jesus. Strip away those things that keep us from being devoted, Father. Show us what they are and strip them away. And I just pray that as a company of people, Father, we would lean in Lean in, Father, to devoting ourselves to these things. That we would see a move of God in this city. That we would see you move, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, all the saints said...